I like hanging out with my dogs because, you know, at one point I was in a wheelchair and I couldn't really get outside because I was in so much pain. And, and now it's nice to go outside and just, you know, run around with my dogs. I have three of them. So, <laughs> they're, yeah, they're, uh, they're, they're, they fill my heart up with joy and, and I love spending time with them. So that's what I'm going to do when I get off of this, uh, this call with you is go hang out outside with my dogs. I love it. Welcome to You Cured What? the podcast of reversing the irreversible. This is where you hear how real people are healing from conditions that most people think they're stuck with for life. I'm your host, Joe Kalb. If I had to give you some medical advice, I'd go to medical school and get a medical degree. Seriously, nothing in this podcast is medical advice, nor is it intended to substitute as such. Now, enjoy the You Cured What? conversation. My guest today has overcome health adversity from Lyme disease. He is a functional medicine coach. He had such success transforming his own health that he started a company to make more affordable some of the health technology which was beneficial to him. Welcome to the founder and CEO of Soulless Light, Jason Souza. How are you doing today, Jason? Good, good. How about yourself? Uh, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Um, I'm uh, really grateful that you uh, joined me here today. You have um, had some health adversity in your in your background. You've dealt with uh, with Lyme disease. Uh, could you just give us a little bit of background on your your history with Lyme disease? Sure. So I live in New England, not too far from Lyme, Connecticut, where Lyme disease all started. Um, in New England, pretty much everyone, or at least most of the people you know in your family, has someone they know that has Lyme or has Lyme. So where I'm from, Lyme disease is really prevalent, unfortunately, and it it masks itself in so many different conditions where people attribute, you know, fibromyalgia or joint pain or, you know, arthritis can even, you know, be Lyme disease and Lyme disease can mimic itself as arthritis. So where I'm from, Lyme disease is, is all too prevalent. So myself, I got Lyme disease twice, unfortunately, um, in 07 and then in 2013 and 2013 being the worst um, bout of Lyme disease that I had to battle with. And I had some doctors that threw a lot of diagnoses at me and a lot of antibiotics and didn't really help me whatsoever. And then that's when my health journey started to look for alternative ways to treat this, deal with this, and beat this. And uh, along the way, I've found a lot of different modalities and a lot of great doctors to help me on my way. Well, that is uh, interesting. Um, you know, you, you mentioned um, a lot of diagnoses and um, antibiotics. Is that I guess, is that common in your experience and from what you've heard that people when they get Lyme disease, um, that antibiotics are kind of the standard course of treatment? Yeah, it is. Around here, doxycycline is kind of the the go-to remedy for Lyme disease. But, you know, going through this, I feel that people should be more concerned with a doctor just throwing a prescription at them because, there are side effects, there are consequences, there's downstream effects that, 
should be used as a last resort is, is any antibiotic. I think you should try to look for holistic ways to treat this. You can really help mitigate Lyme disease through herbs and um, alternative treatments and modalities. You know, if, if you need the antibiotic, I would say take it, but don't just blindly take rounds of antibiotics because the doctor is unwilling to treat the root cause of the symptoms by looking at you know, your body as a whole. And I think it's unfair that doctors just hand out these prescriptions without really caring for the, the patient in, in a more therapeutic way. I'm curious, you mentioned um, in 2013, you got Lyme and it, it sounds like it was a, a pretty serious case. What were some of the symptoms that you had uh, from Lyme disease? Yeah. So when you get diagnosed with Lyme disease, you kind of always have it. So your Lyme blood test results will always show that you have it. It doesn't really show how bad you have it unless you get a really in-depth blood panel, which most doctors don't know how to run or don't ask for. So in 2013, the reason why I, I knew something was wrong because, you know, I couldn't get out of bed. I could barely walk. My nerves were on fire. I was having these awful pains in my stomach. So, it, you know, between my liver, my kidneys, and my stomach, it was, it was just the perfect storm of pain and uh, crawling into the car to the, the ER to try to figure out what was wrong having doctors just berate me with test after test after test and throwing all these highfalutin terms and diagnosis, which really didn't have anything to do with what was going on besides the Lyme disease. Um, and unfortunately, it's just an infestation of, of Lyme and, and um, all these other um, bacteria that, that get into your, into your bloodstream and body and tissues, just making it worse. The co-infections actually make the disease much, much more worse because bloodborne pathogens from from a tick there's so many and i don't even know if they know them all but they're floating around in my bloodstream right now unfortunately but that that's kind of how this thing works it's um it's like an infection you mentioned that um you know you did um you know doctors threw some prescription antibiotics at you but you ultimately ended up going with some kind of alternatives some alternative modalities. What were some of the other things that you tried and what were your results when, um, when you did try some of those alternative modalities? So, you know, my parents are, are just the, the typical blue collar working parents. When your kid gets sick, you take them to the doctor, you trust the doctor, right? So that's what I did. And they gave me all these antibiotics and, and a few of them really put me, put me back. And one of them was, um, a fluoroquinolone, which I don't think anybody should take, but antibiotics have serious side effects on the gut microbiome and, and the body as a whole. So I never believed in all the, the, the you know, the, the nuanced medical um, treatments that a lot of these uh, snake oil salesmen that I, that I thought back then were, were pushing, but they were actually really, really good healing modalities. And a lot of these alternative um, healing modalities are really, really good for the body. And it brings it back to thousands and thousands of years ago using herbs and, and light and um, crystals, sound therapy, light therapy, all of these things can help heal the body. And in the beginning of it, I met this doctor outside of Boston. His name was Arthur Gertler and he was about a 75 year old guy, um, retired um, doctor, just helping Lyme patients on the side. So I'd go to his office and we do IV therapies and crystal therapy and sound healing and um, these devices that use magnetic fields 
and th- this guy like got me better in a few in a few months. So I was like, wow, he's he's really onto something. And then he referred me out to people that were doing light therapy. So I, I got into this big fancy, you know, four thousand dollar red light bed and started noticing I was feeling better. And I said, wow, this is crazy. All all of this light that I'm just basking my body in is helping me lower inflammation and giving me energy. So that's why I started Solus because there's so much you can get out of natural healing modalities that can help the body heal much more than prescription medications. A lot of these things that I've tried have little to no side effect and they have all benefit most of the time. So I think that's a safer avenue for people to go down when they're challenged with health issues. Well, I'm curious. Um, I definitely want to get back to uh, talking about light therapy, but a couple of the other things he mentioned, I'm curious what um, that's all about. Like you mentioned uh, magnetic frequencies and sound healing. Um, What types of, um, what are treatments like that utilize uh, those two modalities? Yeah, so I was put on mats that would pulse electromagnetic magnetic fields at certain frequencies. And studies show that certain frequencies can actually kill parasites and bacteria in the body. Um, and then it, they can actually regulate the biomechanical processes in the body at certain frequencies, like 10 hertz to 100 hertz. If you pulse that, it actually resonates in your cells to, to boost certain cellular processes to build energy or to lower inflammation. And they actually have done tests where they've taken blood from a patient and it's like coagulated where it's all stuck together and then they'll pulse magnetic fields and then they'll draw the blood and then look at it. And the blood is much more uniform and, and it's, it's cleaner. It's not all clumped together. So the, in theory, the blood flow would be better. And it does help. Um, I still use pulsed electromagnetic field today when I need to, when I have a sore joint or, you know, a pain or an ache. And then the other thing I was doing was like sound healing through like crystal bowls and they have a machine that like resonates sound frequencies, you know, relatively loud almost so that your body would absorb those, those frequencies. So it's all based on like sound and then the frequencies of those sounds that modulate the body's, I guess, you know, homeostasis it brings you back to homeostasis i i I almost think that like when buddhist monks you know they're in the top of the mountain and they get those those bowls and they're humming and that's all very very good for the body i guess so they were onto something thousands of years ago that's fascinating it's fascinating that something we don't normally give a lot of thought to just the the sounds that we hear that Mm -hmm. um those can be it it sounds to me like maybe those sounds can be absorbed by more than just your ears. You know, it, they have effects on the rest of your body, depending on what uh, frequency they're coming through at. True. And I think cell communication works on, I, I think cells communicate through like, fr- like sound frequencies or light. I think that's how they, they connect or they, they work together somehow. I mean, I don't know much about it, but it, I would hypothesize that that's how they communicate and that's why they resonate so, so well with, with light and with sound. That's interesting. And it, it makes sense to me that just kind of everything is connected. Um, you, you know, you don't have these, um, 
separate systems so much in the body. I mean, there are multiple systems in the body, but um, everything's connected. And, um, you know, there are a lot of different ways that you can impact. And it, I'm really glad that you were able to find some of that, as you mentioned, uh, homeostasis um, mm-hmm. through some of these, um, you know, some of these methods. And you said, how long, um, how long did it take from when you started going to this doctor and started going through some of these treatments before uh, some of your, uh, before the symptoms went away? What were, what was the timeline like? I felt better in like six to eight weeks. Like we were doing high dose vitamin C, glutathione, a lot of these like nutritional vitamins that you can get from any holistic doctor that understands the body that can really mitigate some of the damage. Because in the body, parasites and bacteria don't really like to have a clean blood flow, clean body. They don't like antioxidants. They they like heavy metals and they and, and they like to feed on that. And and so when you're chelating those metals out and you're bringing in antioxidants and nutrients and you're getting the sound healing and you're and you're using light as another modality to help the body heal itself you're creating an environment that they don't really think is um habitable for them so what happens is is they they start getting out of the body and you start detoxing and they call it a herxheimer reaction where your your body actually has a reaction to itself detoxing getting rid of all the junk in your body and that was like getting hit again. I felt like I got hit with a train because I was tired and I was weak. And then he gave me ozone therapy, which boosted my immune system to regulate that. And then that was like another crash. So it was up and down, but all in all, I felt better. I remember after six weeks, I went to Domino's and got a pizza. I was like, this is my reward, (laughs) which was, was, you know, a big, a big no, no for me, but I had to do it. You know, it, 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 it all worked out, which was nice. And I met all these fantastic doctors and learned all these, these great things. And it, it put me on a path. My, my sickness put my path in life, you know, in a different direction for better, for better, basically. That's terrific. And um, I kind of want to turn to that now because I know a big part of uh, the turn that your life has taken has been into founding your company, Soulless Light. Um could you go into your experience with, um, you know, maybe even before you started Soulless Light, what um, what got you excited about light therapy and uh, what is it? And uh, we can kind of go into detail from there. Sure. So I was frustrated in 2014, 13, when I found that this healing modality was so amazing for the body and it completely revolutionized the way that I felt on a daily basis. It, it just, it was night and day. As long as I, I use this, this treatment, you know, 15, 20 minutes a day, my inflammation was down. My mood was up. It, it just felt better. My overall, I just felt better. And going online, you know, you'd look for, red light therapy device or, you know, red light therapy treatments. And people were off like offering it in, you know, doctor's offices and charging relatively high amounts of money to do this treatment. And then the panels themselves, there was only one producer and it's, you know, one of the largest producers now on the market and they were just charging an exuberant amount of money and most people, it's unobtainable to get a four or $5,000 unit in their house. It just, it doesn't make sense. You know, you'd have to have a credit card and 
and pay it off, you know, in 12 to 24 months. So I started Solus because I, I feel people should have this treatment modality in their house and they really should be able to get access to this and they shouldn't have to pay an arm and a leg. So after about a year of searching online and, you know, talking to manufacturers in different countries and trying to figure out how we can get a panel made that has enough output to do some, you know, good biomechanical changes in the body and have therapeutic value at like a decent price range. So we were trying to shoot for under a thousand dollars because that's, you know, obtainable for most people that they could put it in their house, hang it on their door and get this treatment within 10, 15 minutes every day and start feeling better in a few weeks. And that, that was the principal um, mission statement of Solus and, and why, we, why we started it. So in a light therapy session, um, could you describe what that is like? Like when you were going through it, uh, you know, at your, with your doctor, um, what, what is a session like and what, um, what do you do in a light therapy session? So light therapy just emulates what the sun does naturally. I, I don't, I don't know anyone I've ever met in my entire life. That's had a bad day on the beach. I feel like the beach is such a, a healing place. Um, there's a lot of like positive ions in the air there's minerals in the water and you have sun. So it's everything that the human body needs. And the, the light panel, all that does is take a few of the beneficial spectrums of the sun and it puts it in the light panel and you, and you actually just get as much light as you can on your body and your skin. And the, the two spectrums are in the, in the red spectrum and the near infrared spectrum. And studies show that those two spectrums have more benefits than, um, than any other therapy I've ever, I have ever seen. And it, be, and it's because it works on, on a cellular level. And the reason why it's so beneficial is because the mitochondria in your cell, which is the battery of your cell is, is the reason why your cells have energy to do that, the things that they need to do. So if your mitochondria are functioning properly, your body can pretty much do every process it has to do because it has the energy to do those processes. So that's repair, regenerate, recover, um, get blood to where it's got a the blood flows better, it regrows hair. Like all of these things are all cellular processes and all of those need energy. So if your mitochondria work better, everything works better. And that's what red light therapy does. It just kind of signals those mitochondria to start producing this, uh, this form of energy called adenosine triphosphate. And that's what the, the cells use to burn and create cellular energy. So the more ATP you have and, and, and the more that you can burn that ATP, the more energy you have and then the more cellular processes you do what you have to do. So it's a downstream effect, but it all starts with signaling energy production. Wow. Yeah. It seems like um, sort of like we, um, we touched on with sound healing previously um, that it's almost like sound that we typically think of as having an effect on, you know, on our ears only, like that's how we primarily think of that. It can have effects on the rest of the body. Um, mm-hmm. It seems like light is similar in that we tend to think of it as just light is kind of what we see and it illuminates things, but really um, it's almost providing a type of nutrition for the cell. 
Um, and, you know, mm-hmm. no matter where that cell is, whether it's in your eye or it's somewhere else on your body, um, it sounds like what you're saying is um, this red light therapy helps mimic, uh, mimic sunlight that a lot of us are deficient in these days, spending a lot more time indoors. And um, it helps to, um, yeah, help allow that cell to do, to carry out whatever its purpose is. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it even helps with like seasonal depression or shift worker depression where they don't get much sunlight because it works on the HPA axis. It's the hypothalamus pituitary adrenal axis. So when you get that red light into your eyes and it just triggers that, that HPA access to, to just kind of get those feel good hormones going throughout your body. So like in the morning, you know, I'm, I'm from, I'm from outside of Boston. So 300 days out of the year, it's dark and stormy. So if I don't have really therapy, I get pretty cranky, <laughs> but people in California, they can go out every morning and get sun and it feels good. And it, you know, it just makes you inspired for the day. It really does help. And it's because we're, you're, we're natural beings that need light and this beneficial form of light is something we actually need just as much as the air we breathe and just as much as the food that we eat. And people need to realize that and how important that can be for their health and wellness. I think that's really interesting. I know when I initially heard about red light therapy, I had some skepticism towards it because um, you sort of hear it, it sounds like a very artificial device and it's like, well, how, like, you know, people have managed to be healthy before what, um, you know, before these red light devices would have existed. But mm-hmm. I think the way, um, the way you talked about it there, it makes sense that, um, you know, we used to be out in the sun more. And um, to your point, yeah, being out on the beach, you just, you feel that very innately. Mm-hmm. Hey, this is good. This is healthy. You can... It just feels good. Your body operates better being um, being out in the sun, and um, so these wavelengths that you're talking about with um, with red light therapy. You mentioned uh, two. You mentioned red light and near infrared. Is that are those the wavelengths? Mm-hmm. Yeah, red and near infrared. It, it works on a spectrum of nanometers and it's visible and, and non-visible light. And the way that your cells take in that light is, is through that, that therapeutic window between 600 nanometers and close to 900 nanometers. That's kind of where the therapeutic window for red light therapy is right now. Anything higher than, than 900, you're getting into like the, uh, the, the infrared, which actually, if you've ever heard of an infrared sauna, that actually will generate heat. So that, but it's not visible to the eye. Okay, very interesting. Um, I'm curious, what, um, I think you mentioned a couple of things. You mentioned um, like joint pain and inflammation. What have been some of the benefits from, from red light therapy that you've felt uh, yourself? Um, well, yeah, let, let's start there. Let's start with, um, you know, what are some of the things you've noticed um, with your use of red light? So it, it brings down my inflammation a lot. And it does that because it builds nitrous, not nitric oxide production, and it, it relieves some of the inflammation through the cellular processes that it that it actually gives the cells ability to do what they have to do. And also for me, 
you know, believe it or not, my testosterone was very low. You know, I'm 35 right now, but through Lyme disease, for some reason, my testosterone was very, very low. And I was on um, supplements basically and medications to ba- to basically boost my, to, to boost up my testosterone. And I was getting tired of doing that. And there were studies showing that red light therapy and the red spectrum can help boost testosterone. So my test free testosterone was in the 400s and, and now it's up to about 900 to a thousand just from red light therapy. And it's amazing what it can do. And it regrows hair. Honestly, like my, my dad, I, he has a light and you know, he had a hair transplant he's using it on his head and you know, he's seeing benefits. He uses it for five, 10 minutes a day and you know, he loves it. So it's it's amazing what this uh, this this treatment modality can do for people, and it and it sounds like a cure all, but it brings it back full circle to the cells. If you give the cells enough energy to do what they have to do, they're gonna they're gonna do what they have to do because they can do it now. Well, I'm uh, I'm curious. You mentioned your dad with hair. Um, I I have to ask this on behalf of my cousin. He asked me, I think, kind of tongue in cheek when I. Uh, when I told him about the podcast, he was like, oh, have you found anything for, uh, you know, he, he doesn't have a, a full head of hair. He was saying, oh, have you found anything for baldness? So what, what has your dad's experience been like uh, using red light on, um, you know, for hair regrowth? Yeah, he, he bought this like super expensive hat that had like the lights in it and he was using it for a while and it was helping, but it, it wasn't as powerful as it needs to be to, to penetrate the dermal layer of the skin. So, you know, we had built him a 900 watt panel and we hung it from the ceiling and, you know, it looks like a grow light and, and, you know, one of those <laughs> where they grow, where they grow mer- medical marijuana, he just, it's a hanging there and he sits under it and he's on Propecia. So I guess that's another thing to like, um, or something, I, I forget the name of the medication. It's something to it, it like grow, regrows hair or lets your hair regrow. But in, until he put the red light on his head, that's when he saw a lot of gains because he had the transplant and, and it worked. But, you know, it, when you can signal the, the follicles of the hair to, to start regrowing or to start generating hair, it was like amazing. It started to fill in a lot more and he's a big believer of it. And it changed, you know, the way that he feels about himself because now he has more hair. And I know that's a big thing for guys once they start losing their hair. And this definitely is, is of therapeutic value to try. Wow, that, that really is fascinating. Um, and I'll have to make sure uh, that my cousin hears about this one. Yeah. But, uh, that's, that's so cool. And it sounds like, um, yeah, you've had a lot of, um, you know, a lot of success personally with this and it's helped in a lot of different ways. Um, mm-hmm. It reminds me of, I don't know, have you heard of uh, Ben Greenfield? Um, yeah. Mentioning testosterone, I'm curious. Uh, I mean, he basically... If I recall this right, and he used red light, he just kind of, you know, he would use, um, you know, red light naked, like in, in his like genital region. And um, I guess speaking to your uh, boosting of testosterone, it sounds like uh, he had very uh, tangible, he saw very tangible effects from mm-hmm. red light. Yeah, definitely. Um, that's interesting. Did you, um, you know, do you feel a big difference? You, you mentioned your testosterone numbers um, jumping up a lot. Um, you know, do you notice a, a difference in, 
subjectively, like in how you feel um, with those uh, boosted testosterone numbers. Oh, it's insane. Yeah. It, it's crazy how much more like libido goes up, how much more my drive goes up in the morning. People don't attribute low testosterone to like morning fatigue or, or the inability to get your day going as a, as a guy in the morning you're supposed to wake up in the morning and want to take over the world. You know, you're supposed to have this like gumption that's like, I'm going to get this done today. And if you don't, you, you probably have low testosterone or your hormones are, are imbalanced. So for me to go from, you know, 400 to, to, to almost a thousand of free testosterone ready and ready to be converted in my body, that was big for me. And I, I was coming off of gel that I'd rub on my shoulders. And then after that, they gave me a medication called Clomid and, those really weren't working for me. I actually felt on the gel. I felt like I had a little bit of like the, the, the rage almost that I guess a bodybuilder would feel I'd had like mood swings and it's just, it was not something I really enjoyed. So this is, is giving me none of that. The red light therapy is giving me none of that. And it's giving me all the benefits by giving me the testosterone, which I need. That really is fascinating. And um, it's something I feel like yeah, a lot of a lot of people would want to have want to wake up with uh, more energy and uh, just more kind of zest for life, more zeal. Um, so, what is your um, what is your routine like? Um, you know, with red light and uh, yeah, what what's your red light routine like? So with red light therapy, I wake up every morning. I don't do it every day because I don't, I don't think it's good to do everything all the time. You know, you have to break it up. So I do it like five to six times a week. I'll get up in the morning. I have my red light therapy panel that I stand in front of. I do about 10 minutes, 12 minutes, and then I'll flip myself around, front and back. I get the near infrared and the red spectrums all over my body to just make sure that my, my whole body is absorbing as much as I can. I just stand in front of my light with my underwear on. And I also have um, a sun lamp next to it. So it's one of those lamps that produce like that really blue light, like a tanning lamp. So that, that I'm getting my vitamin D from. I'll do that for 10 minutes while I'm doing the red light therapy. And then when that's, that's done, I'll do five minutes of just the red spectrum like fully naked in front of the light with my boys facing the light. And that's, <laughs> that's really how the testosterone gets produced. Honestly, it's just, it's just from that red light. And, and that's what I do. That's, um, that's really interesting. And, you know, I think a lot of people could probably identify with this, just like you mentioned being out at the beach. Um, you know, you go to the beach and uh, you spend a bunch of time out there. You kind of, you, you feel more energy. You feel more, um, I, I don't know. You just, you feel more, uh, ready to go and ready to kind of take on the day. Mm -hmm. Um, so it, it sounds like those are some of the effects that, um, that you're seeing, you're feeling from, uh, being in front of, um, uh, this red light and, or, you know, the, the red light panel and near infrared panel. Um, you know, what are, since you are the founder and CEO of a red light company, I'm sure you're getting feedback from people who are using your devices. Um, are there other um, other things that you hear people comment on uh, some of your customers? Um, are, are they seeing any um, any effects from this? So the biggest story that I've ever 
bear witness to, or, or, you know, actually think that is the most amazing story that could have ever happened to any of our, our customers was a gentleman had bought one of our lights because he was in a bicycle accident. So he went, you know, over the handlebars and, and fractured. I guess he compressed his spine. So he had some, some, some sciatic nerve pain. So he reached out to us and he said, listen, I've heard this helps. Can I try it? So we had sent him a panel, a full body panel called our Apollo panel, and he hung it on his wall and he was doing it on the back area where his um, spine got compressed and that sciatic nerve got pinched. And he was seeing significant decreases in his nerve pain and also his lower back pain. And he was doing about 20 minutes, so a, a fairly heavy dose every day. And he was doing it about five to seven days during the week. And his 15-year-old daughter, who had uh, like menstrual cramps, really, really bad, he asked me, he said, do you think it'll be beneficial for her to try? And I said, you know, I think anybody should try red light therapy. So just tell her to put on a bathing suit and sit in the thing for 15, 20 minutes. And while, while she has, you know, her time every month, see if it helps decrease some of her pain. And he emailed us back and he said, you wouldn't believe this is two months later. Cause he gave it, you know, a go of twice. And he's like, my daughter has had the worst cramps ever. He's like, she's been in pain. I feel so bad as a dad. I felt like I couldn't help her. And he was a single dad. So it was just, just him and his daughter. And he just like wrote us this huge long email about how thankful he was that it's helping him and helping his daughter. And for, for me, it was just like, you know, it was just amazing to hear that because that's why I started Solus because people need to have something that's better with less side effects than medications because, you know, no 15 year old girl should be taking pain pills or, or whatever. And, and he shouldn't have to be on, you know, narcotics the rest of his life. Like it, it it's just so rewarding. Oh, that, that's got to be very gratifying, uh, you know, with, with you making, you know, kind of making the life change that you did after your healing experience um, mm-hmm. to then get that kind of feedback. That's got to feel very rewarding. Um, so I'm, yeah. I'm happy for them. I'm happy for you with that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm curious going back to um, back to your story and your story of of healing. Um, you know, you mentioned you mentioned several modalities. I'm just curious. Um, you know, what kind of did you implement any? You mentioned a couple things. I guess you mentioned um, high dose vitamin C. You mentioned uh, glutathione. Did you um, have any other nutritional approaches? Uh, just on this podcast, we've talked a lot about diet um, with some of our previous guests. I'm curious, uh, did you follow any particular dietary strategy? And did you find um, find any effects from that? Yeah, like with, with myself, I, I really became my own health advocate. And, you know, I consider myself a nutritionist, a, a, a dietitian, <laughs> a doctor. <laughs> I pretty much, uh, I've had to learn all this stuff and figure it out because there wasn't doctors in my mind qualified to even handle me. <laughs> so <laughs> the best thing you can do for yourself if you get sick is is reevaluate what you're putting in your body because every day you're putting copious amounts of food in and some of those foods can really be doing your, your health a disservice. And in America, it's more prevalent than anywhere else in the world because we decided that it was a good idea to spray a bunch of crap on our, on our fruits and vegetables because we didn't like weeds and, and, uh, and, 
and bugs, <laughs> which <laughs> can totally be mitigated through other ways and, and natural processes. But the easy way is for a company named Monsanto to patent Roundup and make genetically modified fruits and vegetables that are, are basically an, an inoculated to Roundup so we can spray tons of it all over everywhere and that residue stays on our fruits and vegetables and it's actually an antibiotic and we eat all those fruits and vegetables and our body and our cells don't really like it. So if you're not buying organic fruits and vegetables from a, a farmer you know or from a market you trust and you're drinking dairy, that's probably not a good idea in my book. And also soy and gluten probably should be looked at. So a diet, you know, with fresh fruits and vegetables and grass-fed organic or wild-caught, you know, meats, I really think you're going to hinder your healing process in in my opinion. And what I've seen and, and what I've worked with people that have had great success with just doing just that, just working on their diet. Yeah, that's, um, that's really interesting. And it, it's interesting how many different uh, things can play into um, play into a recovery. Like in your case, um, you did so many different things and I didn't even ask, um, you know, I'm not familiar at all with this. Um, you mentioned crystals earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, do you, what, um, I don't know, what's the deal with, with crystals? I honestly, I, I don't know. I, I kind of, that was something like, I, I'm kind of like a linear minded, um, scientific guy. So I don't really get into the, the, the spiritual, like, you know, that Buddhist mentality. I just know that some crystals, when you hold them in your hand and when you you shine light through them and they're next to you, they just do certain things. And it, it's, it's, it's crazy what they can do. And I sat in this, in this room with these three people and they were shining lights through certain crystals. So all these like blues and purples, and we were holding certain crystals and it just, your mood gets changed. That's the biggest benefit of crystals besides that I didn't really feel anything else it's just like my my anxiety from being sick just kind of went down and I I don't know what it was I I don't know how it works but it does (laughs) (laughs) well that it is fascinating um you know and you don't have to know why something works um and I you know I think there is I've seen uh people talk about crystals before in kind of a mocking way Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I, I certainly don't know, I know nothing about them, but, um, you know, it, it seems like at least in your case, they were, um, they were very beneficial and, you know, it sounds like probably a, a low risk profile, um, yeah. you know, to, to hold on to some. So if they provide benefit, it's, it's all a win, you know, if, yeah, there's no down, there's no, there's, there's no side effects there's no there's nothing really bad about it you know if it helps it helps if it doesn't it doesn't right yeah and um so that's i don't know that's a really interesting um tidbit and just something i haven't uh yeah haven't read up on and uh so i was curious when you mentioned that Mm -hmm. um but i guess you mentioned uh you know blue and purple lights coming through the crystals i kind of want to come back to light and uh, blue light in particular, and just kind of, um, I want to see if you have any thoughts around, um, 
you know, blue light versus red light? Um, do you have, uh, you know, do you have any practices um, as far as like trying to um, limit your blue light exposure or um, anything like that? Yeah. So I, being in the light industry, I feel that blue light obviously is um, my arch ne- nemesis. You know, blue light. I, I think a lot of the the reasons why people are more depressed today, and and that this so it's a, it's such a prevalent thing in our society is the that the, the the depression epidemic we're going through right now. It stems as early as childhood. These these kids are, are depressed, and I feel like it's because they're on screens all the time and. Um, they're surrounded by LEDs everywhere. Blue blue light is will be the bane of our existence as human beings. Unfortunately, blue light is fine in moderation, but you know people that work in offices and cubicles that are consistently under the blue light, it's just I, I don't think it's good for the body. This study showing that it's not good for the body. You know, I mitigate it through using tinted glasses from Gunner, which have like a yellow tint to them, because I myself work in our office all day long, so. It, it does hurt my eyes. I can tell like I just get depressed at the end of the day, kind of bummed out, um, just like tired, fatigue. And when I get the, the the blue light blocking glasses, it kind of mitigates some of that. And I really feel like people should try to minimize their exposure to blue light, especially before bedtime. I myself just will, I have a bedside unit that it just emits the red spectrum. I just go to bed with that Solus Mini that we made with the red light. So it almost looks like a warm fire at the, you know, if you think your ancestors, they'd have a warm fire, they'd sleep outside, like, you know, cavemen, things like that. That's kind of how we've adapted to, to, to become human is, is to have like that certain form of red light at the end of the night too. And I think the reason why people are having such a hard time sleeping nowadays is because they're on their phones before bed and they're not getting some of the, the natural lighting um, before bed because the blue light stimulates your body and you don't really want that. So I feel like the, the red light before bed is, is, is helpful too. And that's, that's what I'm doing to mitigate blue light out of my life. Honestly. Interesting. It, um, trying to, uh, in my own mind, piece together, uh, some of, uh, some of what you've said and what's come up around red light and blue light. It seems like, red light kind of um, helps facilitate like the rest and digest processes in the body. Whereas blue light is, um, is more of the, the fight or flight type of um, it kind of stimulates that kind of response. Do you think that's fair to say? Yeah. I think everybody that's had somebody behind them in the middle of the night when they're driving with those really blue led lights and they blinds them and how pissed they, they, they are. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like to I like to reemphasize that that's what the blue lights do in your body when you're on your phone before you go to bed. <laughs> that is a, a really interesting thought, especially when you consider uh, sort of what we talked about earlier. You know, it, it can impact like the light is in some sense speaking to cells not only in your eyes but you know throughout the rest of your body. And, um, so it just, there are effects from, uh, from these lights and yeah, that's a very pertinent, um, example that mm-hmm. I think a lot of us can identify with. Yeah. Those bright lights, um, 
you know, late at night. Yeah, that does like does not make you happy. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you get pretty irritated. And I always like to reemphasize to people that as human beings, we think we're so smart. We think we've got it all figured out, right? We're, we're just, you know, we can do heart transplants and, you know, we can, we can have stem cells, rebuild tissues, but we forget how human we really are. And if you think about how our ancestors lived, they would sleep on the ground. And so they're grounded to the earth and they would wake up to sunlight or, you know, to nature and, and fresh air. And they would go and they'd hunt a little bit. They wouldn't go to the gym for an hour and do an elliptical. No, they would go run around for half an hour to an hour finding food. And then they would rest and they would socialize. And, you know, they would go to bed at, the, at night with a fire and they would socialize with friends and family. Um, we live in these little boxes surrounded by blue light and this TV where we're getting all this stressful information from <laughs> and uh, and we're not socializing and we're not getting those those um, you know the, the beneficial light rays and it's just we've we've become less and less human as the decades go on and it's it's, it's sad you know when I was growing up we had incandescent lights which didn't permeate the room with those blue spectrums now everything's led because it's cheaper and better and it's not it's really not <laughs> i'd rather have the electric bill with incandescence versus all these blue lights yeah that that is an interesting thing there you know within the last couple of decades there has been such a big push for um, led lights and it does seem like something uh very new to it, it's kind of a new thing to introduce to the human experience mm -hmm. and uh, some of the results of that are not real, not real promising at this point. Yeah. yeah, it's scary. You know, even like some of the high bandwidth mobile, like the 5G thing, you know, I don't know enough about it to say that it's good or bad, but I know that high frequency, like radio frequencies aren't, aren't good. I mean, your microwave emits high frequencies and look what it does to food. <laughs> so <laughs> you add that with all the LEDs and, you know, who knows, we probably have, we'll, who knows, we'll probably be completely different in a hundred years. We'll probably be less human than we are now. It, it does feel um, a little bit like we're, we're participating in a uh, large scale experiment sometimes with yeah. uh, some of the new things going on. And especially when you, you know, you tie it back to your experience, these, um, the magnetic frequencies, you were um, receiving some magnetic frequencies as a, treatment for Lyme disease and they really were beneficial. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it, um, and those were probably mimicking something like very natural, like in, in the earth. Mm -hmm. But the fact of the matter is um, I think some of these frequencies can have more effects on us than we realize sometimes. And uh, maybe more than, uh, than mainstream science has you know, understands at this point. Um, so it, it's just something to be, to be mindful of for sure. Yeah. Just to be cognizant of like how, how, how your cell phone in your pocket could may or may not be helping you. You know, um, right. I might, uh, I myself keep my cell phone at a distance. And when I talk on the phone, I try to put headphones on. I do have Wi-Fi in my house, which I'm trying to get rid of that, but you know, just mitigating some of these um, unnatural things. Yeah, I use the grounding mat when I sleep. I sit outside if I can. I try to get sunlight as much as I can. Today's been tough for me, but it's, it's one of those things where you just got to figure 
how human can you be during the day, you know, without being inside all day, surrounded by blue light, all that stuff matters, you know, and red light therapy is a part of that. Like you're mitigating all that blue light you're taking in during the day by giving yourself what your body, your cells need red light. Like it, it, plants and humans need red light. Yeah. That, that makes sense to me. And I'm curious, do you have any, um, any resources that, um, that you provide to people or like that you, any like websites or, um, documentation that, or anything like that, that, um, you like to tell people if they're interested in learning more about red light therapy, um, do you have anywhere to point the list? Yeah. I mean, our website, we have a blog that we, we do like just the basic stuff, uh, like the, the big ticket items in red light therapy, like what it's doing, how, how does it help you? Every purchase that, that we, we actually have a customer that will purchase a panel, we'll give them a red light therapy book for free. So we purchased this, this ebook and it has everything on um, the, the therapeutic guidelines, how much dosage you should be getting, what it's doing. Go through and read that 100-page book and understand more about what red light therapy is doing. You can go on sciencedirect.com and type in red light therapy, and it'll give you all of the peer-reviewed studies. It's something that's been around for, for a long time. It's just more prevalent right now because people in, in our age group and the 25 to 35 to 40-year-old age range, they're all, people are biohacking. They're, they're, they're learning that their health is, is critical because our parents – you know, industrialized farming and packaged foods. And they're the generation, the, the baby boomers and, and uh, the generation after that kind of did a lot of detrimental effects to our ecosystem and environment. And our generation is trying to fix that and, you know, have more organic farming and go, go to these bio, biohacking modalities because we realized how bad our parents' health is because my parents are on medication after medication and I'm not trying to be on that level. So I think that we're trying to, to, to reverse some of that, our generation. And, and that's what I'm trying to do with Solus is give people the information, give people a, a relatively affordable treatment modality that they can use and really see benefits within a few days to a, a week or so. Well, it is, it's inspiring to see, um, see you successfully, you know, carrying out that, that mission and really um, doing something to help people and um, really boost people's health and their, you know, and as we've been talking about everything being connected, um, you know, and boost their, their mood, their uh, just their whole, I guess their whole being. Um, I, yeah, I really admire that. And, um, you know, I think that's really terrific. Um, Trying going back to um, your experience with uh, Lyme disease, I like to ask this of most of the guests on this uh, podcast. Um, everyone kind of has a different take on it, but uh, do you consider yourself cured of Lyme disease? I think that cured is um, a strong label we give ourselves to say that we beat something. And I would say that I'm well aware of how far I've come. I would say that I've cured myself more than, than, than any doctor has ever given me any assistance with a cure, but I think I've treated myself and I think I'm better. And 
Lyme disease is one of those funny diagnoses that kind of stay with you. Lyme disease is always kind of in your bloodstream and, and, and there it's, it's like, you know, like mono or, or EBV. So I, I'm much better. I, I would say that I'm pretty much cured, but I think that your health is an ongoing relationship that you'll always have with yourself. And as long as you contribute in a positive direction, you'll, you'll always be healthier. And as long as you know, you're doing the work to be healthy, you're, you're in turn curing yourself on a daily basis. I like that. I think that, I mean, that fits in with most of what you've talked about here today, because it feels like you take a very holistic approach to, uh, to life itself and to health. And, um, you know, it, it seems like you take that same holistic, um, and kind of continuous improvement approach, even to, um, you know, to the question of, are you cured or not? You don't look at it so much as a binary, um, but, uh, just sort of always looking to improve and, um, you know, it feels, it sounds to me like you're always trying to become a little more human. Yeah. 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 I feel, I feel the best way to look at how it's just to, to make it, it, figure it as a bank, you know, you, you can withdraw and you can take and you can take, you know, you can take on anxiety and get stressed and that's taking from your health and you have to deposit things like socialization with family and, and love and, and, and light and sound. And you have to put deposits in the bank to feel better. And, and you do that by adding things like good food and good water and good relationships. And, and that's what health is. And as long as you make sure that you're making more deposits and withdrawals, you'll be, you'll be all right. Um, that's a, a great message. Um, this is the question that uh, we ask everybody who comes on the podcast. Um, now that you have improved your health, what's one thing you enjoy doing that you couldn't do before? I like hanging out with my dogs because, you know, at one point I was in a wheelchair and I couldn't really get outside because I was in so much pain. And, and now it's nice to go outside and just, you know, run around with my dogs. I have three of them. So, <laughs> they're, yeah, they're, uh, they're, they're, they fill my heart up with joy and, and I love spending time with them. So that's what I'm going to do when I get off of this, uh, this call with you is go hang out outside with my dogs. I love it. <laughs> well, that is, uh, that's an awesome answer. And, um, Jason, I, I really appreciate the time that you've uh, given us today. I don't want to keep you from uh, from your dogs any longer. Uh, that does sound terrific. Uh, but before you go, do you have um, anywhere, if anyone wants to reach out to you and learn more from you, is there um, anywhere that people can reach you? Sure. So uh, my company is Solus Light, and it's solaslight.com. And that's all things red light therapy. So the, all the devices we offer are blog. And if you're interested, your listeners are interested, I'd be more than happy to extend 10% off to them. They can use the code 10 off. And I myself have a health blog. It's healthopsy.com. So it's health and then opsy, O-P-S-Y. So healthopsy. I have like a health and wellness blog. You know, I'm also a health coach. So that's kind of my day-to-day job is, is doing that, helping people with their health and wellness. That is awesome. Well, um, I will make sure that makes it into the show notes for this episode. And um, I really appreciate your time, Jason. And uh, thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, Joe, thanks for having me. That was awesome. I really appreciate it. Yeah, enjoy running around with your dogs. Awesome. <laughs>
Thanks, Jill. Thank you for listening to You Cured What? Join us again soon for another story of healing.